I distinctly remember hearing someone yell, stop that van. From CBC Podcasts, an investigation into how young men are being recruited and radicalized on the internet. And she asked me if I was friends with a guy named Alec Manassian. By a new supercharged form of hate. On Facebook, police say he wrote the incel rebellion has already begun. A dark online subculture that's spilling over into the real world. Boys Like Me, available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. If I didn't go, I would not be getting paid because you have certain amount of sick leave and once you've used it, then you have nothing and it's on your costs. In this economy now, you need every dollar that's available. Chances are you have gone to work sick at some point in time in your life. During the pandemic, that started to change. The public health advice to stay home when sick was generally taken quite seriously. But depending on where you work, staying home could be a big blow to your budget. I'm a nurse, so when I work clinically, I definitely felt pressured to have to go in when I was sick. You feel obligated to your patients, your clients, to society. You can just continue to deteriorate and then you'll not be able to work for a long period of time. So you will just contribute to the, to the burnout of your other colleagues. And then on top of that, the patients are not going to be getting the care that they need because there's a shortage. My employer allows us to stay home and work from home. I, I have the ability to work from home. It, it allows me to be home and, and recover if I'm sick, uh, which is too, super important. It also eliminates uh, me making other people sick, so it's very, very important. And I do think COVID probably allowed for working from home and a, a better allowance of, from employers. If you're not feeling well, you can work from home. It, that's like the setup. You have to still work. I rarely get sick but I mean like when I on years that I do maybe it's two times a year and 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 I'm out for a week that's a lot of money I found it kind of paradoxical during pandemic that they tell us to to stay home if you're sick and (laughs) I don't know anybody who stayed home like people who had enough privilege to stay home did but for the most part people that I knew who were like you know in a working class they're like no I have to go with respiratory virus season well underway, healthcare workers and economists alike are renewing calls for better access to paid sick days. Dr. Andrew Bizzari is a physician, executive director of social medicine at the University Health Network in Toronto. He's with me in studio. Doctor, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Why do, from your perspective, why do we in this country need mandated paid sick leave? Well, I think the testimonies that we heard uh, were incredibly powerful just to start the program. I mean, when you look at the evidence around... Uh, paid sick leave, it's one of the most important measures to keep people away from spreading the disease in the workplace or any infectious disease. I think we've seen some valuations in different jurisdictions that can show that uh, for things from influenza to uh, COVID-19, states that had mandated paid sick leave, which is ensuring that people can stay home, not get the, see their own health deteriorate, get other people sick, could see a reduction between 20 to 40% of such cases. So I think when we're looking at all of one, most importantly, you know, the individual's health, wanting to ensure that they're able to recover, they're not uh, putting other people at risk, and they're also ensuring that there's some job security and income security during a time where we know that this is a real uh, pressure, uh, for, especially for people who are in working wages uh, across the country. I thought it was interesting. The last person that we heard from there um, talked about how, in some ways, he sees the idea of paid sick leave as a privilege for people, that not everybody has this. As he says, if you're working class, you're going to work. Yeah, StatsCan did a recent analysis of 
uh, who has access to paid sick leave. And I think the framing of a privilege is spot on. When you look at what we call the socioeconomic gradient, when you look at this going from the bottom decile uh, of income uh, of people who are with working wages in the bottom decile, it's only around 20 to 24% who have access to paid sick leave from their employer. When you look at the top decile of income, it's about 80 to 85%. Mm. So it's a real disparity. It's a real uh, shift and privilege uh, that's not um, afforded to everyone. And I would argue those who actually at highest risk are those without paid sick leave. What is a reasonable amount of paid sick leave? Because again, this varies from province to province and, and company yeah. to company, depending on where you work and where you happen to live. So I think, Matt, one of the things that's important as we step back and look at this from a public policy narrative is that we're actually one of only three countries without nationally mandated paid sick leave uh, alongside the United States. And so what's really happened is it's fallen to provinces uh, to make these decisions. And so we've seen some progress in the last 10 years from Prince Edward Island to uh, British Columbia uh, and Quebec that were able to put in place some mandated paid sick leave from one day to five days, most recently in British Columbia. Uh, when we look at the OECD, other countries that we compare to, what we've seen is around five to 10 paid sick days being uh, where there's been um, sort of the progressive and established norm of what's required for people. Uh, if we look at, again, almost a year ago when we were making a call for paid sick leave and many health workers to economists making the same push, uh, the federal government came through with 10 paid sick days for federally re regulated uh, sectors and jobs. So I think where we can see a line with the evidence is between five to 10 days. Uh, the, the terrible challenge is now that there's, with no sort of provincial mandated uh, paid sick leave, people are really left to fend for themselves. And as you mentioned, and have had you know, Dr. Bogosh and others uh, on the show, this you know, real uh, season of influenza, COVID-19, RSV, and pneumonia is putting a lot of people at risk, and especially uh, essential workers. Take me into the hospital. What does it look like in the hospital? If people don't have paid sick leave, if they can't stay home and then there are knockoff effects because maybe they spread whatever they have because they have to go to work or the kid has to go to school because they can't be home, what does that mean in the hospital? Well, that's the real challenge that is playing out, firstly, in a system where we have some of the fewest acute care beds. So that means the system already uh, is pushed very close to the brink whenever you see uh, the sort of seasonal effect, but also now uh, the new and established players of COVID-19 and, and long COVID really added to the mix of what we see now every winter. Uh, when you look at what's happening in terms of some of the realities for people without paid sick leave, one, there's been some really important analysis that uh, places that have paid sick leave actually have higher vaccination rates. So to your point about people being able to actually go and access a vaccine, mm. they'll be able to stay out of hospital. So that's one thing that can happen if there's paid sick leave. The other thing that we've seen is that they can actually go and access uh, a primary care doctor if they need to, or not be able to have to end up in the emergency department uh, and not going into work to actually spread uh, the infectious disease or respiratory uh, disease to other colleagues and coworkers. And so I think, again, seeing some of the analysis showing 20 to 40% reduction in such spread. So when we're already at very thin margins of how the hospital system and acute care system in Canada can function, any of these real sort of pressures that are really socially driven, these are not individual failures, there's people not being able, having to make these impossible decisions of caring for a kid, you know, who is sick, uh, or having to go in to work while they're sick to be able to pay for rent or groceries. Uh, it really puts an immense pressure on the individual, the families, but also the health system. Does the calculus at all change? And again, this goes back perhaps to the equity piece, but does the calculus change when so many more people can work from home? Again, that's not an option for everybody. 
But if we heard from from one right. of those guests, yeah, I just stay home and work. But that's not something that everybody can can access. Obviously. Yeah, and I think this goes back to some of the socioeconomic disparities in the gradient, right? I think some individuals can continue to work from home, and I think that does help shift as, as I think the, the statements were made. But, but I also think it's important to recognize who are some of the individuals and what kind of jobs are at highest risk. We're talking about people in childcare, uh, nursing homes, uh, grocery stores that continue to have the least amount of access to paid sick leave uh, and are also you know essential workers. I think it's important, Matt, to remind ourselves that uh, pre-pandemic, the way we were describing these roles were as low-wage, unskilled workers. It became pretty clear that this was essential work for people's basic daily lives to function from people working in grocery stores uh, to the work in childcare or senior uh, nursing home facilities. Uh, and we haven't stayed true with the public policies needed to protect them. What happened to that momentum? This is something we talked about yesterday in the program. I, Dr. Isaac Bogosh was on and he said there was momentum and the worst of the pandemic for people pushing for paid sick leave. And then you see in Ontario implemented uh, paid sick leave during the pandemic and then those policies were scrapped whence the worst of it seemed to be in the rearview mirror. What happened to that momentum, do you think? Well, that's some of the, the gut punch, I think, for health workers, where we were able to see some of this traction with the public, people finally seeing uh, so many of these issues come up and how it's really about social policies that kept people alive uh, or you know, ultimately determined who died. And I think it's important to, to remind ourselves that uh, I think we saw some traction, but you know, it didn't translate into policy. And I think that's the challenge that we face now is that- But what's the disconnect? Why didn't that happen, do you think? Well, I think the the focus and the commitment to essential workers and to workers in the health system has not stayed or been sustained. And I think there's, you know, lots of academic papers about how this can happen in terms of actually, you know, we didn't really learn all that much from SARS. We probably have not learned, I would argue, as much as we should uh, through the pandemic. And I think part of it is the the real policy discipline to ensure that every level of government is able to make that commitment. And the reality is it's going to require an investment. And I think some of this has to come down to which lives matter, which lives and jobs are ones that we're willing to prioritize and make investments in to ensure that uh, people can access things as basic as paid sick leave. Uh, and we just didn't see that happen. And I think that's why, you know, for many of us who bear witness to this and have the privilege of bearing witness in healthcare spaces, uh, the advocacy continues because we know what's at stake. And I think no one can speak to it more powerfully than I think the people at the top of the show speaking to how it's affecting their lives. It's good to see you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Matt. Dr. Andrew Bazzari is a physician and executive director of social medicine at the University Health Network in Toronto. Claude Lavoie examines the economics of paid sick days. He's a former director general of economic studies and policy analyst at the Federal Finance Department. Good morning to you. Good morning, Sigalloway. Thanks for having me this morning. Thanks for being here. Andrew hinted at this, but how does Canada generally compare to other countries when it comes to policies around paid sick leave? Yeah, we're not doing really good. I mean, uh, we the only one of three con- advanced countries that don't have a national paid sick days, and uh, and and so it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's not it's not really good. We really don't compare well. So we you know us the U.S. And, and and South Korea. Why do you think that is? Why is it that we're an outlier? That's a good question. The the way the way I think about it. First, we're federation, and obviously that's a, there's a bit of a coordination because. 
One issue with, with paid sick days is a bit like a lot of position from, from example, from the corporation is that a corporation alone is a bit concerned about if he does offer paid sick days to his own to his own employee, then he's becoming uh, maybe less competitive mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, but, and same thing with, of course, the province, too, right? They're a bit worried that there's, uh, you know, if only one province do it, for example. Uh, so that's why I think having a, having a coordinated, mandated by, you know, the governments to uh, to do everybody, so everybody's on the same level playing field. This is this is one for sure that I think it's uh, it's, it's problematic. Uh, and also I think it's the fear that the, because the U.S. is beside us, uh, that's maybe some kind of competitiveness issue. But but the study I've shown, most study, and, and you know, a listener can, can look on the search engine and just Google like you know economic impact of of basic data. You mm. can see most studies show that the impact is is really small uh, or non-existent. I mean, you know, if you look at the place where they did sick data in San Francisco in New York City and then they interviewed the uh, employer after that and most employers, six I think of seven employers said that, you know, it was all positive and they had no negative to report. So uh, I think there's this fear about the, the economic effect, which is which is study I've shown is not there. Tell me more about that. You wrote a Global Mail op-ed and, and you talked about the economic reasons for having paid sick days. You said there is uh, a wealth of evidence to show that this is good economic policy. Why so? Yeah, again, well, obviously, a bit like the doctor mentioned earlier, like, you, you know, first, when you don't, you have paid sick days and people don't show up sick, obviously, you, you know, it transmit, don't transmit the disease. It's the whole company. It's, it's as sure as some business community. Uh, Continuity. You also have the fact that people are less stressful. You can you can hear like the, the people the, the commentary at the beginning of the show. I mean, if they're less stressed, they're more productive. There's also a bit, a bit like the doctor said. People are have less also uh, go less often to emergency. They take more preventive care, so they came back to work healthier and faster, so more predictive. I mean, there's also few, like, I think, like 50% less fewer workplace accidents, because when they go to sick, obviously, they have, like, you know, there's an injury, and all this thing is positive for the economy, but you end up less in the emergency. We know the public health care cost is also down, so it's, it's, a, it's a big positive effect for the whole economy. You said that, that businesses can be more productive if they have paid sick days, that they will see a higher level of production from their employees. Well, that's that's what if you over in the long term, that's what the study show that mm. it's a bit better. You know that that profit has inc- for some firm that profit has increased uh, after the paid sick days because they they exact you know there was less contagion through the industries and and so uh, there also these you know and the else people are, I mean you know, don't work, don't come working sick and transmit the disease less. So overall, there's less people sick, less turnover if you want of people. You will hear from small businesses, and we'll hear more about this in just a moment, who say that they can't afford to pay for sick days. What do you say to those companies, to the small businesses in particular? Yeah, I think, I think again, it's uh, what I can say is just talk about the evidence, not my, my role here, but the evidence show that this is not the case. Uh, obviously, there's always, you know, this, this small impact. I mean, I think there's uh, some study in the U.S. saying it's what about like 21 cents an hour. And just think about it. Let's say that you people on average work like a... Uh, 260 days a year if you think about five days uh, five days a week it like, took five days out of that it's less than than two percent I mean it's not big and then that's that's assuming that this you don't take account of all the positive effects that we just mentioned this is just like the hard cost what about uh, is there is there legitimacy legitimacy to the concerns because again you will hear them that perhaps workers if they have a right to paid sick days might exploit that right that they they stay home if they aren't sick for example 
again, studies show that 90% of people don't abuse the system. Um, and and the study, again, suggests that people take, like, about, like, once, for example, one uh, study that's done, I think it's, uh, I think it was San Francisco in New York, I can remember, but they had allowed to nine, nine days of sick days, mm-hmm. and, they, and they take only three. So there's a lot of evidence that people don't abuse the system. I mean, this idea that, that everybody's cheat is a bit of a... It's a bit paranoid to me, but uh, <laughs> we have to be. And at the same time, if this, it's like the welfare system because, like I said, like the, the stats show that there's about 10% of people that may be abusing the system. So, yeah. should we cut the 90% benefits to the 80% for the 10% that maybe are not correct? And if employees are treated well and they're happy and they like the employer, they, they're not going to want to also uh, abuse the system. I mean, and again, all the evidence show that people don't. Just before I let you go, are you encouraged by what has happened on PEI, where legislation has been instituted that would mandate one to three paid sick days, depending on how long somebody has been with an employer? Yeah, they had one day before. Now, obviously, the legislation that was in PEI was to go to five days. Uh, I think think it went to three days. So, you know, it's a good step in the right direction. It's been interesting to see, I mean, with PEI now and BC and the federal, uh, which is a small number of employees, to look, you know, in a few years on the road, what the the study will show, we can use the, those test cases to see whether the impact was negative or not. And then, if we, you know, if those studies prove, like in we saw in the U.S., for example, it's really the cost is really minimal, then there could be a good way to ex- push it a bit more than three days. So, so this could that, this could be momentum for the future. You think? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad to have you as part of this discussion. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Claude Lavoie is the former Director General of Economic Studies and Policy Analysis at the Federal Finance Department. He was in our studio in Ottawa. I lost my best friend. I lost my sister. A Métis woman is strangled at her front door in the spring of 2002. It was a tough one right from the get-go. And there's a single suspect. And I said, why is this man still walking free? He was just a pawn man and a manipulator. I'm David Ridgen, and this is The Next Call, the case of Terry Dauphiny. Available now on the CBC Listen app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Jasmine Gannett is the Vice President of National Affairs for the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, has been listening in to our conversation. Good morning to you. Good morning. Your organization has lobbied against the idea of paid sick days. Why is there such a reluctance for businesses, particularly small businesses, to institute paid sick leave? Well, we have lobbied against mandated paid sick days. I believe uh, what we are uh, seeing uh, through our members, and we represent 97,000 uh, small businesses uh, across the country. What our members are telling us is that they uh, prefer an approach where they uh, rely on uh, flexibility, where each businesses uh, can um, handle uh, paid sick leaves uh, asked by their employees. Um, typically, small businesses are like a, a family. You know, when you run a business of five, uh, six, or seven employees. Uh, they become uh, very fast, uh, close to you, and typically small businesses provide a lot of flexibility to their employees, uh, and it in the, it includes uh, providing uh, sick days uh, when necessary. Is there not a danger if you are leaving that up to the discretion of the employers that that 
if somebody is sick and the employer says, no, they, they either have to come in sick or they stay home and they don't get paid. Whereas if it's mandated, that employee is protected. That employee knows that they have the right if they're not feeling well to stay home. Uh, again, um, what our members are telling us is that, um, you know, they, uh, they, uh, they take care uh, immensely uh, uh, of their. They take care of their employees immensely. Uh, they believe that uh, um, you know it's important to uh, maintain the well-being of uh, their employees. Uh, and uh, small businesses uh, feel like uh, uh, you know it, they don't. Nobody wants to have their uh, workers come in sick, mm. and so it's important to provide that flexibility so that people. That workers can uh, stay home uh, uh, if they are feeling uh, sick, but again, you know, mandated paid sick days uh, is often uh, not well received by small business uh, owner because, again, uh, they prefer to uh, be able to keep that flexibility uh, in the relationship that they are developing with their uh, staff. What do they tell you about what they think is the cost of a mandated paid sick day? Well, when we uh, uh, survey our members on mandated paid sick days, uh, a, a few um, uh, a few concerns uh, come up regularly. For example, the impact on the business operation, you know, the mandated mandated paid sick leaves uh, uh, are negatively impact operational capacity. You, you said uh, this before that that there can be unforeseen um, impacts on on productivity uh, from from those sorts of absences. Is there any evidence to show that that actually happens? We just heard the productivity could go up when when people are there because they're not working sick; that they're actually there, they're healthy, they enjoy where they're working. Is there evidence that that productivity can be impacted negatively through paid sick leave? Well, if, uh, if you uh, have a business of 10 employees and one or two uh, are taking a sick day, that's 10 or 20% of your workforce. And so inevitably, uh, it will have an impact on your operational capacity. So you will have to reduce service. You will have to reduce production capacity. You will maybe operate that reduced hour. If you add to that the current uh, shortage of labor that businesses uh, are uh, uh, having to deal with, uh, it means that uh, these uh, mandated paid sick days can really have an impact on your day-to-day operation. When you have such impact on your day-to-day operation, you have an impact on your revenue because if you're operating at reduced capacity, it means that you may be losing sales. You may uh, uh, delay some uh, of your production, production uh, again, impacting uh, the business capacity uh, to generate the revenue that it, it's, uh, uh, that it needs to be profitable. And so mm. there's clearly an impact on operation and, and revenues uh, for smaller employers. The reality, though, is that people are coming to work sick. Is there not a cost to that? I mean, is there not a cost to somebody working at half capacity because they should be at home in bed? Well, I mean, I would, uh, I would argue that if you're working for a small business uh, and you are feeling uh, sick and you call in to tell your employer that you cannot work uh, because you're sick, 
nobody will tell you to come in. That's not but the you, reality. The, the, but it, the, 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 the issue is that you may not have to come in, but you might not be paid. And that in a time when people are just struggling to get by, staying home for a day or two days and not getting paid, the mandatory paid sick leave would allow those people to stay home and get paid. Yeah, and again, um, when you're talking about uh, uh, cost constraints on businesses, uh, you see that what is uh, impacting the costs for businesses, uh, uh, among uh, other things, is uh, wage costs. And uh, wage cost includes uh, benefit such as uh, sick days. And so we have to be careful not to add to the burden that small businesses are facing in terms of uh, cost constraint and the increased cost of doing business. We have seen since COVID a tremendous increase in uh, uh, cost of doing business. And so wage costs, energy costs, insurance, borrowing, Every single item of a small business uh, budget is increasing, and we have to uh, be mindful not to add uh, to uh, those costs mm. by uh, increasing the number of mandated paid sick days. This voice is an important part of this conversation as well. Glad to have you uh, as part of the discussion, Jasmine Gannett. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Jasmine Gannett is the Vice President of National Affairs for the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Would love to hear from you, employer, employee, somebody who has perhaps stayed homesick or come into work sick or wish you could, or if you're the employer, what do you make of the idea of mandatory paid sick leave? Let us know. Email us thecurrent at cbc.ca. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.